In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a talk about confession, about going to confession. And if you don't mind, I'll start off with a prayer. Eternal Father, help me to say those things that you want me to say. Help me to lead people to love this sacrament the way you do, and to want to use it often. And I ask this in the name of Jesus, who shed his blood so willingly for our sins. Amen. Well, this summer I was in Lourdes, as usual, actually. I go every year. And while I was there, I met a girl from County Wexford, and we got talking. She said she'd been in Lourdes only about two days, and she was going back to Ireland the next day. And I asked her if she'd been to the baths already. She said she hadn't. I asked her if she'd been to confession there, and she said she hadn't. So I said, look, you know, you're just not getting your money's worth out of Lourdes. And I asked her if it was long since she'd been to confession. And she said it was quite some time. And she added that she didn't really agree with going to confession anyhow. Well, we had quite a good talk after that, standing on the pavement. But I think there are many people like that girl from County Wexford, many people, many Catholics, who don't really agree with confession. And why is that? Ignorance, in a way, they haven't been told what a wonderful sacrament it is. And also, I think, false instructions they've been given. I remember it was about the year 1965 and I went to a catechetical summer school. And the priest who gave us the talks on confession, he was laicized not long after that, he gave up the priesthood, his talks were very misleading. He approached the sacrament from the psychological point of view and really didn't take us any further. He never mentioned sacramental grace. And the general conclusion he left us with was that confessions of devotion should be discouraged and that confession was best reserved for mortal sin. Well, you know, that simply is not the mind of the Church. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read a quotation from uh, Pius XII. It comes in his encyclical on the mystical body, which he wrote in 1943. Now, this is the mind of the Church. He says, Disastrous in its effects is the false contention that the frequent confession of venial sins is not a practice to be greatly esteemed. And he goes on, that there are many very laudable ways in which these sins can be expiated is perfectly true, as you know. But for a constant and speedy advancement in the path of virtue, we highly recommend the pious practice of frequent confession, introduced by the Church under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. For by this means we grow in a true knowledge of ourselves and in Christian humility, bad habits are uprooted, spiritual negligence and apathy are prevented, the conscience is purified and the will strengthened, salutary spiritual direction is obtained, and grace is increased by the efficacy of the sacrament itself. Therefore, those among the young clergy who are diminishing esteem for frequent confession 
are to know that the enterprise upon which they have embarked is alien to the Spirit of Christ and most detrimental to the mystical body of our Saviour. That's Pius Twelfth. Actually, he went to confession every day, and he wasn't scrupulous either. He went to confession every day because he loved our Lord so much he just wanted every possible contact he could have with him. But we'll come back to that later. We would expect the Church to have this sacrament, you know, really. Why did God become man? The Catechism tells us, God the Son was made man to redeem us from sin and hell and to teach us the way to heaven. And the Church, we know, is here to continue, so to speak, the work of our Lord, to offer to succeeding generations the benefits of all that he's won for us, namely the forgiveness of our sins, the life of grace and of growing union with God, and heaven forever when we die. That's why the Church is here, to get us all to heaven. And since it's only sin that keeps us out of heaven, we would expect that Christ would leave with his Church some easy means of dealing with sin. And so he has. We have this sacrament of confession. By baptism we know all our sins were forgiven. But God knows that we can sin again and again. And so he's left us a special sacrament whereby his limitless love and desire to forgive is made readily accessible to us. There may be some non-Catholics listening to this now, may be wondering if we Catholics think that God only forgives sins through the sacrament of confession. No, we know that God's grace is not limited to the sacraments. And so before I start talking actually about the sacrament, I'll say something first about sin and, and forgiveness. When we're born, we're merely human. But God never intended that we should remain so. The human soul is like a, a capacity for God. And when a man's baptized, the Holy Trinity enters his soul and at once he starts living with a new life. As when you turn the, the light on, the darkness goes. So when God enters the soul, all sin goes, all sin is forgiven. Satan has to relinquish his grip. And the man starts living what we call the life of grace. He's incorporated into Christ. And he starts living a supernatural life, which is nothing more nor less than a sharing in the life of Jesus. And just as Jesus is truly God and truly man, so are we, if we're living this life of grace, living truly our human lives and also living as God's sons and daughters. We're leading double lives, so to speak. And so we have a man now who's been made God's son. A man who's just been baptized. He's as truly God's son as Christ is God the Son. With these obvious differences that Christ has it by nature, we have it by gift. Christ from all eternity, we from the moment that we receive that gift, Christ necessarily so, we not necessarily so, and also Christ must always be God the Son, and we can reject that sonship by serious sin. But when you say that, you have to say that 
A man who's been baptized is as truly God's son as Christ is God the son. Why? Because he's been incorporated into Jesus. He's a son in the son, if you like. Now, serious sin drives God out of the soul. Supposing I spend hours thinking with pleasure really hateful thoughts about someone. Wouldn't that force God out of my soul? Supposing you've got a dead cat in your room and for some reason you can't find this dead cat and it gradually starts rotting and after a few days the stink becomes so intolerable you have to get out. You can't stay in the room with that smell. And so there are some sins that make our souls stink so horribly that we, we force God out, so to speak. That's what we call mortal sin. Because when God leaves, at once the soul dies. 